0: in these situations we want to help our partners we want to change them you know but the reality is we can change we have to change our mindset we have to change our reactions we have to change our lives um and it can sound daunting and it can sound scary but nothing changes if nothing changes and we have to take responsibility for that it doesn't mean you know that it's our fault or whatnot you know it doesn't mean any of that it just means that we have to take care of ourselves and whatever it takes to take care of ourselves and to protect our peace that's what we have to do
1: welcome back welcome back to another episode of Till the Wheels Fall Off I'm Matt I'm Paige first off I want to thank everyone that joined us on our community call this last week and everyone that's been participating in the community it has been busy in there, which is a good thing. More people talking about what's going on in their lives, uh, more people discussing this stuff openly, although you can do it anonymously, which I think is hugely beneficial to people. Yep, um, It's just been really cool watching this thing grow and blossom and, and more people coming through and saying like, wow, I feel heard. I feel helped. I feel like I've got a place now. So if you don't already know about that, um, check out our social media accounts. There's going to be a, a link there under all of our accounts. And it's got links within that for our community, our podcast, which obviously you have found. Um, And then you can find out more about our calls in there as well, which we generally have once a week. We rotate them on days, depending on kids' sports schedules (laughs) and all kinds of stuff going on this time of year. I would love for it to be like, Hey, just tune in this time on every Wednesday or whatever, but it's just life, 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 yeah, exactly life.
0: And that's how we roll.
1: But if you're in there, (laughs) you'll be able to find those. This episode is going to be a bit different. So we're discovered most of the time via TikTok. I think it's probably how most people come across our stuff. That's where most people are these days. That's the preferred social media app, I think, in general. And we put content out. People come back. They find the podcast, the show, and our pages and everything else. And if you listen to our podcast, if you've been around for a while, you probably hear my voice more than you do pages and may (laughs) wonder why that is. And I think that we've, I for certain have done a poor job of introducing you what? as a you partner. Think that's your as your fault? Well, sort of, yeah. I take accountability for a lot of stuff. I think that's partly, because this was my idea. The show was my idea. That is true. It was like, hey, let's do a podcast. You were like, no. I'm like, no, <laughs> we should do this. And then before you know it, the gears here. And she's like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. I think it's going to be really beneficial for people. Uh. Paige has always been an introvert and that would just be the, I guess the 30,000 foot way of describing who she is, but there's much more to it than that. Yeah, A lot of people may think that she's just quiet or standoffish. Some might think that she's not confident, but there's a lot more going on than that. And I think that it's relatable for a lot of people because a lot of the folks that we talk to have some of these same traits and I don't think it's just because this is just who you are and this is how you came out of the womb. I think that being in a in a relationship like we were in for so long can have effects as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But
1: my goal is that whenever I go to edit this episode, there are many more page sound bites <laughs> than Matt sound bites. <laughs> I hope we can get there. What do you think?
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: I want you to spend some time today talking about more about your experience. I mean, we've had episodes where you talk obviously about your experience and you've dropped all kinds of amazing gems. But this episode is going to encompass several different themes. One of them being uh, what these types of relationships do to women. Um, another piece of it is how hard it is to be a woman sometimes. Yeah. Most of our audience, um, they're women. There are some men too, and like, I hope that you listen here and find some gems in this as well. If you are a man listening to this, and then further discussion around some of the validation things that take place and how to empower yourself if you if you relate. To what Paige is going to be discussing here. Mm-hmm. So can you please reintroduce yourself?
0: Hi, I'm Paige. That's all I got. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's the episode. That's for it. Goodbye.
0: No. Um, so I am considered a highly sensitive person, which we have brought up a few times, and that is an HSP. So if I say HSP, that's what that means. Look, I'm gonna start kicking things over. And um I I get a lot of heat sometimes with my experience and I take it in in a way that is different than most people. How many, it's like 20% of the population is HSP.
1: Roughly 20%. And back up for just a second. You have known that you were highly sensitive for many years now.
0: Yes. This -hmm. goes
1: back to when you were first entering therapy, right?
0: Right. Yes. My therapist brought it up to me in about 2019. And then I dug deeper into it last year
1: and highly sensitive. Isn't just a way to describe someone who's highly sensitive. There's more to it than that. It's actually uh, a genetic marker. It's a trait that people have. It's like having green eyes or brown hair. Yes. It's, it's It's something. Yes, exactly. It's, it's a hereditary thing. It's not just a way to describe somebody being highly sensitive. So um, Elaine Aaron wrote a book called the highly sensitive person and she has been the, I guess she's been the pioneer in this field of research, um, where she identified this thing and really, really got into the weeds of what this is and what these people live with and some of the traits. And, and there's tons and tons of research and, you know, biological basis to back up everything she's discussed. And we'll, we'll have this book in our, on our website, because
0: I, I, I put on here to look on our website, for yeah certain things. when
1: you first told me you were a highly sensitive person the only thing i ever had to relate that to was uh kanye west one time was referring to himself as a highly sensitive person and i thought it was just kind of a joke
0: My kanye west and i actually have a lot in common is that right yes
1: you're gonna write some fire beats for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> well no <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so get into it and talk about like okay so your persona I think online is people assume something about you yes and without really knowing you they might get the impression that you're I don't know maybe some of them think that you're standoffish that maybe you're I don't think that arrogance the right word, but maybe like blunt um, direct. Yes. There you go.
0: Sometimes I'm direct. Sometimes I, and I don't, I'm not really good with my words on how I type it out. Um, but I'm actually a very empathetic and compassionate person. So I don't mean to be blunt or direct. Um, but it does come across as that sometimes. Yeah. And that's something I'm working on, but being an HSP is not a terrible thing. These are just, I'm just going to go over some of the traits that I have so that, our listeners can have an understanding of why I don't speak up as much and why I am the way I am. It's not because I'm, I have a low self-esteem. It's not because I'm, um, extremely sensitive or insecure or easily offended. Like that's what people look at me as, but in reality, I just have, I have really big emotions. I'm extremely passionate. I'm a super passionate person. Whenever I speak, it comes out, um but i'm also shy i don't really get out and speak my mind that much i'm aware of subtleties i get overwhelmed easily i overanalyze everything i'm sensitive to loud noises um you're sensitive to loud noises too
1: <laughs> big time but i'm not i'm not highly sensitive no you're not I'm but reg- this is why i'm sensitive a
0: lot of these things it, when i say them and i think about it i'm like how the hell did we become soulmates
1: I don't know, there's something about a yin-yang sort of philosophy there, I think.
0: Because you one Traits of the that things you have
1: that I'm attracted to because I, I don't really have them.
0: One of the things you used to always say to me if I was, you know, upset, it would you would say, "Oh, you're sensitive, you're too sensitive." Well, yeah, I am. I am sensitive. <laughs> it I am. I, that's a that's a fact. Like I am literally a sensitive person. Um, I'm affected by others' moods. I have to have alone time. Um, when people observe me, I get really stressed. So whenever Matt's watching me do a video or something like that, I, I freeze just like on this podcast, you'll hear me freeze a lot because I'm just like, ah, over analyzing everything. Um, but I'm deeply moved by music. I'm, uh, intuitive. I'm very spiritual. I have a deep appreciation for nature. If you watched one of my TikTok videos recently, there was a dragonfly that flew into our house.
1: You get really upset.
0: I got upset. He fell and he was just laying on the ground, like doing this all twitchy thing and his legs were all twitching. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's dying. I'm going to have to bury him. Um, And I just, I get emotional about things like that. Uh, Nature is my, is my God, is my higher power. Nature is my huge thing i love trees i get very when i go outside and i watch a spider weave his web i think it's the most beautiful thing in the world and i get so connected to that and people think i'm weird because i have this like garden spider that was on our house do you remember the one that was on the window and he was my buddy i was like what's up man he was she was or she i don't know it was beautiful spider she was there for a month or so and then she ended up dying because it got cold and I was sad. But I'm just really connected to nature. It's, a, it's just something that I've always been a part of. And it's hard to be sensitive in a world that is kind of tough. Because I'm judged a lot by the way that I am. Um,
1: Yeah, like this thing that we decided to talk about. Like you get judged so much.
0: Oh, yeah. That's what that's kind of what we're talking about this. Is because when I speak up and speak my part on our relationship... People come at me and they're like, you're the enabler. You're controlling. You're a problem. You're codependent. You're codependent. And you, you, you. But when Matt speaks his experience and how he's taken responsibility and accountability and what he's doing, he gets like praise and it's amazing, which is awesome. But on my side, it's like we get roasted in a little a little bit you know for being the type of people that we are and that that kind of sucks so me putting myself out there in this situation and on social media is very big for you know sensitive people because we don't take criticism very well it doesn't mean that i have a low self-esteem i literally have like that extra gene or something that takes in this information differently right is that what it is isn't it a a we t- said it was a trait type thing.
1: Yeah, it's a genetic trait. It's yeah. a biological marker. I mean, right, it, it exists within you.
0: Right. It doesn't mean that I'm less than. It doesn't mean anything like that. Like there's there's a lot of benefits into who I am and and how I am.
1: And I will say so. Like like if you're listening to this, um, eight out of ten of you won't have this thing, but two out of ten probably will. Just on average. Yeah. But I think that anytime you're dealing with a a relationship that has, if you've been through a lot of trauma in your relationship, you're going to come out the other side of it feeling, I think sort of how you're describing. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate the narrative that's given to women that speak up in these types of relationships because they're, they're told a lot of the same things that you're told. The criticism just hurts much more for you, but it's the same kind of stuff. It's like, you're not allowed to speak up. No, because the narrative has been through other 12 step communities that are for spouses that it's your fault you're codependent you're enabling you're you're this you're that and there's not a whole lot of validation that takes place before that mm-hmm. like okay codependent right like it's yeah first of all it's not even a real diagnosis it's a term we give do i think that there is a such a thing as codependent tendencies yeah i do i think that you can look at some of these things and people will recognize them yeah but what good is it to point your finger at them and like shun them for it right Like without describing how we arrived here.
0: Exactly. Do you ever
1: consider the fact that I was lied to and gaslit and manipulated? And I didn't just like, I'm not some stupid person that just walked in. But when a woman talks about her experience, a lot of the comments are nasty like that. Yes. They come from, come from people who have maybe been on the other side of it or maybe some who have never properly healed. I don't want to necessarily like, I'm not diagnosing anyone in their stage of recovery, but I think it's incredibly strange to me that, when you think about the like just hierarchy in general, hate comes from the bottom up, not from the top down. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, um, so th- I've been in recovery for ten years, right? Um, people who have been sober for thirty years aren't looking down at me saying like, "Oh, you suck, you suck, you suck." Like they're like they're, they're proud. They're saying like, "This is great," like keep going. But people from the bottom up will say things like. You're just weak. You don't know how to handle your problems. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're a scumbag. Hate comes from the bottom up. And it's different, I almost think, when it comes to what you've been through. Yeah. Where I see a lot more hate coming from people who have gotten through it.
0: Right. It's
1: so strange to me. And then right. people from the bottom are like, that's amazing. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so weird to It me. is
0: weird. It is weird. And uh, like you... Backing up, when you said something about healing and how a lot of people might not be fully healed, I'm not fully healed from shit. Like this whole past year has been a huge process for me. For things that, you know, you've taken accountability for and the validation and all that. Like it, it takes time to process those things. So I mean, I am a roller coaster. I'm not perfect. Personal development is a lifelong process and it comes apart in layers. You know, you've been, like you said, you've been sober for 10 years and you're still not fully recovered either. Like you're working on yourself
1: every day. I've got something to every address.
0: day. And like an I didn't start my apart. recovery process until six years ago. So you're ahead of me. You've been working with people for a lot longer than I have. So this past year has been extremely, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I think it's been amazing and I've I'm been along for the ride, but it's not perfect. I still have things that I'm having to process and that's just freaking re- reality. And this is me just being authentic and vulnerable with everybody that this is life. You can't expect to just be perfect and like, oh yeah, you're still codependent. Like, who are you to look at that and say that about me? You don't know what it takes to get through these relationships.
1: Isn't it wonderful how someone can see a thirty second clip or even a two minute clip and you know be able to di- diagnose, diagnose you, you and your
0: relationship and who you are? Tell your life yeah. story,
1: and I know exactly but who you are. I
0: admire Matt because he has the attitude of I do not give a fuck. <laughs> about anything or what anybody says you're not a highly sensitive person no you don't have those it doesn't touch you it never has
1: well it's not to the extreme that like i don't care about what like other people's opinions because certainly i listen and i learn from people and i can take criticism but when i've when i've put a message out there about like my my feelings through something or describing my experiences and i get something back that's hateful or mean Mm no, like. You cannot afford the rent in my head. It is far too expensive. You say that all
0: the time. And I love that.
1: You can't afford it. So like, okay.
0: And eventually I will get there. I will get there.
1: It's a skill. Maybe. I (laughs) I think, I think I developed this at a young age. Yeah. As a defense mechanism.
0: That right there. You did. That is true. That's true.
1: I had to, it was a survival skill.
0: You're right. That's true. I didn't even think about that. So eventually I'll get there, I guess. I don't know. Even if I don't, it's okay because this is part of kind of who I am when it comes to how I respond to things and how I take criticism. Like it's part of it that I'm working on.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think being highly sensitive is what makes you so good at working with other people. It's a superpower and a curse at the same time.
0: Yes. Absolutely. I agree with because that.
1: It it makes you I mean, you're not a, you're not a licensed counselor, don't get me wrong, but I think that just as a friend, you can counsel someone through hard times. And as a mentor, you can counsel people through hard times. Yes. And I think that having that skill and the, the listening ability and sensing the subtleties and being able to relate and validate people is, I think you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing in this life.
0: Yeah. Thanks, babe. And that's why you're great at it. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay.
1: All right, so do you want to get into the holistic psychologist thing first, or do you want to get into the quotes first, this part?
0: Um. Well, you had made a mention about this earlier, how it's kind of on my end, we get a lot of, um, you know, women can be kind of hateful towards other women, and we'll say things to each other. There was
1: a movie called Mean Girls for a reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know why that's a thing. But if you've seen the movie Barbie, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about this because I think it's, it's big before we go into the next thing. Um, it was a really good movie, in my opinion. I took the kids a couple of weeks ago, and there was a part that I'm sure a lot of people have heard um, where America Ferreras just talks about how difficult and impossible it is to be a woman. So I'm just going to read this real quick. Um I hope I don't cry because I bawled my eyes out during the movie.
1: Did you really? (laughs) I
0: did. That's another thing. I do cry a lot. I have tears. Um, Okay. Is it, it is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart. And it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood, but always stand out and always be grateful, but never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line it's too hard. It's too contradictory. And nobody gives you a medal or says, thank you. And it turns out in fact that no one, not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us.
1: That is so powerful. That's amazing. Cause you think Barbie movie, you think just like, surface level like it's probably oh yeah. or something that's yeah, really yeah. deep and meaningful yeah it is and it, it's sort of it bleeds into themes that we've discussed here on this show yeah about it's not this isn't this isn't an issue that's unique only to women but for our audience anyway it's roughly 90% women it's a lot of men that are out there abusing substances mm-hmm. women who are left in the wake yeah and then you have all this to deal with on top of that right it's incredibly difficult it's
0: exhausting as hell
1: And I will not sit here and pretend like I know what it's like to be a woman by any means. Like I am not going to sit here, (laughs) but uh, I can certainly empathize with that. That is, wow. That's a lot. Yeah, That's a lot. And I have had an inside look at the pain of women here for the last year plus, seeing what people go through. I mean, it's moving. It is powerful. And it's crazy to me that there aren't more discussions like we have here on this show, considering Mm -hmm. the audience is so freaking large yeah just something that's not talked about and i think what you discussed there is part of why mm-hmm. you're not allowed to have problems
0: yeah. yeah you're supposed
1: to be strong but you're not supposed to have problems and if you do have problems don't be too loud about them because that means you're complaining it's like yeah you can't win this game yeah man. i'm
0: not i'm not gonna win i'm not i mean i will because i'll win you know being able to give others a voice because that's what i'm here for and that's winning and that's huge but i know me putting myself out there today and speaking, there are going to be people who listen to this and they're going to be very ugly and hateful towards what I'm saying. So that's okay.
1: (laughs) So I think that's a great intro, the discussion about why, why is it difficult for people to speak up about this stuff?
0: Okay. Well, first of all, we're told that we are the problem. Of course we have a part. In everything that we do.
1: Duh. And I know. <laughs> I, it's so obvious when people say that. Like, <laughs> I know. It drives me nuts. I know.
0: But we're told that we are the problem. And we're told that there should be a quick fix. Why don't you leave? Why did you get stuck there? Why are you still in it? Why do you put up with it? It's not like the movies, y'all. It's not like the movies. It's not like you go in there and you're like, okay, I can't take this. I'm just going to leave. When you're in this type of relationship... The gaslighting, the manipulation, the trauma bondings, the ups and downs, that all of it is very confusing for people, for spouses and partners, because we are thrown through this loop of just, am I good enough? Am I not? Do I, does he love me? Do I love him? Like all of it is just wild. It's just very scary for us to speak up because we're told that we're the problem.
1: And black and white thinkers will hear exactly what you just said and be like, yeah, exactly. You're codependent. So when did fighting for my family and for my life and this thing that we both agreed upon when we entered this relationship become codependent and this is somehow my fault?
0: Boom. Like, oh, I love that.
1: I can see that.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm mean, like, you're seeing that and that's And pretty... I'm not the smartest
1: person in the world. No. If I can see it, then how can others not?
0: Right, because a lot of, <sighs> we're in a very weird transitional phase in society when it comes to marriage
1: i agree with that
0: right we are because marriage used to be a part of survival for survival and basic needs so i found we follow the holistic psychologist on instagram and she always has some amazing gems that she posts and yesterday she posted this um slide or carousel i guess is what you call it that really opened my eyes and made me just put things into words that I've always wanted to say. And it's marriage is a partnership. It has evolved. It used to be about survival and to meet basic needs. We want someone who is emotionally engaged and supportive, not someone we have to parent. Someone who shows up, listens, solves problems together. Many of us wake up and realize we're doing everything alone. Our partner isn't on our team. Divorce becomes the option when it's clear our partner has no interest in evolution, communication, or healing the trauma that's causing issues.
1: A quick break in the action to let you know about an exciting development in the 2 universe. When we started this thing, we said we would never work with an advertiser or company unless it's something that we believed in and we already use.
0: If you're looking for professional, affordable mental health care, look no further than Taylor Counseling Group, your trusted source for accessible therapy in Texas. Taylor Counseling Group believes that everyone deserves premium mental health care, regardless of their income level. That's why they offer reliable and affordable services at 12 locations across Texas. They've made affordability a priority. They are in network with most major insurance, and the standard private rate is only $100 per session, significantly lower than many other practices offering the same high-quality therapy. They Believe that getting the help you need shouldn't drain your wallet. Scheduling an appointment is quick and easy with their convenient online booking tool. No complicated processes or long wait times. They value your time and ensure that you can access the care you deserve without any hassle.
1: At Taylor Counseling Group, they believe in a personalized approach to therapy. The professionally trained counselors offer a diverse range of services, including individual counseling couples counseling, family therapy, play therapy for children, and even specialized techniques like cognitive processing and existential psychotherapy. They're here to help you navigate life's challenges and develop a personalized treatment plan tailored to your unique goals. Taylor counseling group is your partner on the path to mental wellness, experience professional, affordable care that puts you first Visit their website, TaylorCounselingGroup.com or call them today to schedule an appointment and tell them two faux couples sent you. A link and phone number is going to be available in the show notes. And back to the action. Yeah, marriage has changed a ton in -hmm. the last... It hasn't even been really... a So women couldn't even get divorced without cause Mm -hmm. until the 70s. Right. And before that, like women couldn't get divorced. And if they did... It had you had to show proof it was like there were only a handful of conditions on which you could file for it yes and you had to have absolute proof. proof that's difficult
0: yeah because I think that drunkenness was one like that's how they actually worded it but some how are you gonna prove that
1: and then you you were stripped of all the assets that had been earned in the marital relationship like you couldn't have you couldn't keep the land mm-hmm. um any of the money like any of this stuff like we're not that far removed from this stuff yeah we're just not yeah And you think about how generations work, right? So our grandparents were raised in that, Mm -hmm. which meant that our parents were pretty closely connected to it. So that means that the people dealing with us today still have vestiges of this old thought process. Yes. And like, uh, for the record, we've never advocated that people get divorced. No. Never. And Mm -hmm. I've never, we've never advocated that you stay together no matter what. Right. This podcast is called till the wheels fall off, but don't get it twisted. That doesn't mean stay together no matter what. Mm-hmm. Till the wheels fall off is a battle cry that no matter what's going on, you promise to keep fighting. Yeah, That can go many ways. It could be For us, it was in the relationship. For other people, it might be like, I will walk this path alone if I have to, and I will carry the weight of everything if I have to. Till the wheels fall off, I'm going to figure this out. Yep. So it can go many ways, but like divorce becomes an option. I'm not saying go get divorced, but for many it becomes an option because it is clear that the partner is not interested in evolving, yeah, or communicating, or healing, or doing any of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's it's tragic. It breaks my heart because a lot of people will ask us like straight up, bluntly, "What should I do?" Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't have answers for that kind of stuff. Right? I just don't. I'm not. Even even if I were. I don't even know if you can be qualified to answer things like that. No, it would just be an opinion. But even if I were like, that's coming from someone else, it wouldn't mean anything.
0: Yeah. You have to make that decision on your own, like anything in life. It's important. It's empowering.
1: Yeah. We, our mission is to validate, empower and educate people on their own personal recovery journeys, not to just teach people how to stick around till it gets better Or just teach people how to, you know, cut bait and run. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't mean to, you're supposed to be talking more than me. Remember? No,
0: I think that was good. You like, you went off of that slide that I was talking about and you went to the different route, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) so I already said it's all, it's not like the movies and then fear of being judged. We kind of discussed that as well as why it's scary to, to speak up. Can you think of anything else as to why it's scary to speak up?
1: Yeah, stigma. There's certainly a stigma around some of this stuff. Um, when it comes to addiction in itself, it's becoming better for addicts to speak up and talk about it. Yes. But the family members have never really had a real voice in this. And so it's it's difficult when you're talking about your partner having a problem. And then I think there's also a stigma associated with, when you're talking about a problem that someone else has. You don't want to put them worse off than they were. Like you don't want to just ruin their the, the perception that others have of them. Yeah. And that's really difficult. That's why like we offer the option to post anonymously because a lot of people are like, I don't I'm not going to air my family's like dirty laundry. Yeah. Totally get that. Yeah. It's 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 uncomfortable. But there is a lot of benefits in discussing traumatic experiences. Like I've said before that pain shared is pain lessened. Mm-hmm. That was something I learned early on. I think um psychologists told me that when I was in treatment actually. Yeah. Pain shared is pain lessened because I didn't really want to get into this stuff just show me how to fix it, dude. I don't want to talk about any of this stuff, but there's a, there's a ton of benefits to doing it. I mean, one of them is just validation mm-hmm. hearing from other, when you, when you put this stuff out there and you're dealing with an empathetic person that can tell you like, I understand, mm-hmm. And you know, empathetically acknowledge and talk about your feelings about this stuff and that that's all fine and well, um, helps emotional processing. It reduces shame. Um, it also helps develop coping strategies whether Mm -hmm. you realize it or not when you put the stuff out there you can work yourself through this stuff like therapy is really interesting to me because therapists will be the first to tell you like they don't give advice yeah like your therapist is unlikely to sit there and tell you what to do yeah therapists are trained to listen to validate and to hold a mirror up at you as you work through your problems on your own Mm -hmm. so the more you talk about these things or even journal these things the more likely you are to develop your own coping strategies and then from that empowerment yes so it's incredibly important i think so so back to your question the stigma around this stuff makes it really difficult to talk about and then i think like with a lot of concepts how do you talk about it and what ways you talk about it what's the vernacular that we use what are some of the terms that we use in talking about this stuff and it's becoming more it's becoming more common to do these types of things. Like gaslighting was a term that, you know, well, it's came from a movie, but fairly new to be used in common day language. Yeah. Like this, this isn't something we were talking about 20 years ago. Right. Um, narcissistic type behaviors. Like people like that's, we've talked about that. How, like, being a narc, like that guy's a narcissist is like the new term for what you used to just call people that were crazy. Like yeah, dude, that dude's nuts. He's yeah. selfish. He's a narcissist. But, but the, I think it's beneficial in some ways because the abuse feels the same. Yeah. So we can talk about the feelings around that. So these, these terms are being developed so people can more accurately describe what's going on without being involved in it. You may just not know, mm-hmm. you may not know how to even discuss it. And then we're talking about something that doesn't affect, it affects a ton of people like on the aggregate, But if you live in a small town and there's, I don't know, there's 6,000 people, talking about this stuff is hard because you don't have a lot of people to share it with. Mm -hmm. So you've got to just stumble across someone somehow that's telling your story, that totally gets it, that's empathetic, that's roughly your age, and it becomes difficult, which is why I think that, you know... Like we decided to meet people where they're at, which was the exactly. internet. Exactly, The internet. Let's put it out there in the internet. But then you have to learn how to trust an internet stranger. And it's just, <laughs> it's difficult. And it's a process, man. It's yeah. Such a process. Like I didn't I didn't come out of treatment day one, like totally ready to start discussing this stuff. Yeah. Like I didn't say a lot in meetings. And like, I know it's not the same as what you're going through, but I'm just trying to think of something similar. And, and it did have its own language to discuss. It had, you know, roughly a hundred years of a program that was, Time tested to go into and talk about this stuff, and it was still difficult for me, because it's part of your identity that shifts as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the final part: is this is part of your identity, and you don't realize it is until you hear someone else talking about it. Like, oh crap, that's me. Yeah. And then you you get comfortable with this new identity, and it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight, right? And I, th- I think that's why this has been so powerful for people. This this movement that we've started because they feel like they've got a voice all of a sudden. It's like, Oh, we have advocates. Now Mm -hmm. we have advocates. We have, we have this dude who's even saying this stuff. And then there's this woman who's been through it too. And they're saying it and they're, they're speaking my truth. Yeah. And like, I will happily stand up on a soapbox and, And like like addicts, I think addicts hate me, like really, which is kind (laughs) of weird to be isolated from a community that you're part of. Right. But in a lot of ways, I think I'm kind of blowing the lid off a lot of the stuff and it's challenging them to deal with stuff they've never dealt with. That's true. But people don't like it.
0: There are a few of addicts who are in recovery that have said said that they appreciate you and they say that you're spot on and they've, they've been in recovery for probably at least five years ish at least. And they're like, wow, yeah, you're right. You're right. So there's something to it. Even though you feel isolated, there are you still have support.
1: Can't wait to go back and listen to episodes like this in five years
0: mm-hmm.
1: and be like how how big this has gotten mm-hmm. and how mainstream it is. Right. And yeah, you know, we were at the bleeding edge of it all because there's an underserved community out here. Yeah. No one is paying attention to and it is effed up. Yep. I'm over it. So we're changing that, man. Yeah. Okay. So like we, we talked about we serve to validate, educate, empower, and help spouses on their recovery. So like validation takes place anytime that we make a podcast video or we, um, you know, we make a TikTok or anything like that. Like we're helping you guys know that your, know feelings, that your are feelings are real. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to feel crazy about them. Right. Education comes in the form of many of our podcasts and the, our guides and things like that. And information that we drop in the community. Um, Read books. Right. Like
0: there are, we have some books on our website under the recommendations or under the store.
1: But empowerment is It's an inside job. Yes. Like you can, you can give someone all the tools to empower themselves, but Mm -hmm. that, that comes when they look at it and be like, okay, I think I'm ready to fight now. Yeah. It doesn't happen right away, but empowerment is a process that takes quite some time. And you have arrived at that point. Yeah. How'd you get here?
0: Okay. Well, I educated, I went to therapy. Therapy helped me a ton.
1: How long did this take? By the way, years. See that. And it's
0: still, like I said earlier, I'm still working on it. This is not a quick fix. We've been together since we were 14 years old. We have been through so much shit. Yeah, <laughs> It's not like you go to therapy for a year and everything is fixed. But it, it gets work better. That way. Oh, it gets better. Oh, but there are times that you'll leave a session and you'll feel worse. But that is life. And you learn from those experiences the most. Yes. The times when you go out of those sessions and you're like, shit. I've really got to work on something or that felt awful or things like the, the world is going to explode. You learn so much from that because you pick yourself back up and you learn new coping mechanisms.
1: Yep. I really good. My, my best friend actually is a therapist. Yeah. And, uh, he says like, that's when the real work's happening. It
0: is, it is. I'm like, Oh, but you have to keep going. You have to keep going. If you want to actually make progress. Um, So, so therapy, yeah, six years of therapy and I still have things that obviously I have to work on. Matt has things he obviously has to work on because it is a lifelong process. So you can't look at people and say, oh my gosh, they're healed. They're perfect. They have everything together because we don't have our shit together a hundred percent. But what's important is that I am so much better off right now than I was six years ago. I'm better off than I was a year ago. I have grown so much. I have, I don't have panic attacks. My anxiety is managed because anxiety is a normal feeling. That's everybody has anxiety. It's literally okay to have it. Now, if it's affecting your everyday life, that's different. And I've learned how to cope with that. I deal with it. I've Depression. I'm not depressed. I haven't been depressed in five years. I'm able to cope better. Like things have gotten so much better now than they were then. But again, it's a process. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight.
1: That's part of, I think what sucks in 2023 is because
0: instant gratification,
1: every massively valuable company these days have found a way to give us back the most valuable resource in the world. And it's not money. It's yep. time. Uh-huh. Companies that save time are valuable because it's the only resource that you can't buy. So ideas now are like, it's, it's about how do you save time? Mm-hmm. How do you save time? When it comes to this, we can speed up the process, but it's still going to take a while. Mm-hmm. Instead of taking 10 years, maybe it takes three Right. But we're talking years. Years. So, but when you're in it and you feel that immediacy of like something has to change, that sounds insurmountable. Like I don't have three years. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. just take a big, big breath. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. This takes time. Yes. And being okay with the fact that it takes time. Yes. Being being ready to do the work over time. You almost have to love the process in itself.
0: You do. You have to be a part of that journey. You have to embrace the discomfort. I mean, it's totally different than what you're used to, but that's what builds up your self-esteem. And that's what builds up everything within you to do what you need to do in your life.
1: Yeah. Like, like I've worked with people in recovery. I've coached people professionally, like in business and in life in general. And something that I think is common with any successful person is, They don't love the result necessarily. Like, let's say that you wanted to be great at something, you wanted to be a great athlete. They they don't love the fact that they like travel around and fly to different stadiums every weekend. They love the work that goes into it. They love the Monday through Saturday stuff. Mm -hmm. That's like getting up early and going to the gym and like reading and meditating and cold tubs and like all the stuff that it takes to get to that point. Mm -hmm. That stuff's just the byproduct. You got to love the work. And this is no different. Yeah. Like I love the work that goes into recovery. I love the work that goes into personal development and you do too. Yes. And there's something so therapeutic about just the work itself. Mm -hmm. So don't focus on the result. And I know it's hard not to, when you know what the problem is, if I could just fix this problem, then everything would be fine. (laughs) Fall in love with the work, fall in love with the process, and read between the lines of the things we talk about. Yeah. I think you can find peace as you're going through it because it doesn't happen overnight.
0: Yeah. And that's just like, it it just reminds me of losing weight and getting fit and active. It's the same process. You got to love the process. You have to love the process. I mean, I did. I lost 50 pounds last year and learned within six months. And I wanted it to happen fast, but I, and it was uncomfortable to do the process, but I learned to love it and embraced it and enjoyed it
1: without derailing the conversation too much as we're talking about empowerment um you know that's you, you just mentioned something that's when it comes to like that that quick fix and like needing that immediacy what's so hard about that is that let's say that that you hear a podcast and you're like i need to set boundaries okay it might be the first time you've ever heard about boundaries you go through you listen to that three part series we did it could take you i don't know 3 hours to listen to it write down some stuff and start to implement this The moment that you do that, you're going to feel like you've made the biggest change in your life that you ever have. Like Mm -hmm. this is revolutionary. I've never thought this way. And as as humans in a world where everything is so immediate, when we make a change that big, we expect to see a result that big, but it's not, it's not, uh, congruent. Like you can't, like when you make this change, the result isn't going to be just as big right away. It will over time, but it won't right away. Losing weight's the exact same feeling like, dude, I got up at. 5 a.m. today. Usually I get up at 10. That's a huge change. Mm -hmm. I ate a bunch of green foods and chicken and no like cheese or sauce. Like that's a huge change. Mm -hmm. I, I sweat and I worked out. Like you make all these massive changes and then like, When I was losing weight, I'd go in the bathroom and look to see where my abs were. I'm like, not here yet. Quitting. This is BS. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, I give up. Yeah. think This is the same way. It is a small process where you you put a deposit in your piggy bank every single day. Every single day. day. And eventually, you've got enough to do something huge. Yes. I
0: love that.
1: Okay. Sorry. Now, I didn't mean to...
0: No, that was great. Because the next thing, so we, we were talking about therapy and uh, the process. And the next thing to empower yourself is self-care. And we say that all the time. And I know you hear that all the time. And everyone's like, just take care of yourself and blah, blah, blah. I know it 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 sounds so redundant. and But it is so important for you to do things for yourself that bring you that are either uncomfortable or bring you joy because working out all the time is not very comfortable but it helps you scientifically it helps your brain it helps everything.
1: And self-care is different from self-indulgence. Indulge. Yes. Like self-indulgence would be the fun stuff like
0: spa day. Yep.
1: Um getting your hair done like for me like going to a barber shop getting or getting the
0: nails done. Um,
1: stuff like that is, don't get me wrong. It has a place. Absolutely. It's self-indulgence, yeah. but self-care is some of the other stuff. It's like therapy, it's meditation, it's mindfulness practice. Um, it might be breath work. Yes. That's self-care.
0: Eating whole healthy foods. Most Taking of the of time. Taking care of your mind and body. And your body. hmm
1: Self-indulgence has a place too. That's like that's showing yourself grace. Those are kind of more rewards. Mm-hmm. Self-care is work. Yeah. It's work. That's the difference.
0: It is. Um so I would encourage also everyone to write down about 10 things that you believe that are true about yourself. It's a really good practice for you to look at who you are and be aware of all the positive things that you can bring into the world.
1: Yeah. Alex Hormozi, one of my favorite business minds says, uh, confidence does not come by shouting affirmations in the mirror. It comes by having a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. Mhm. He says, Outwork yourself, doubt. So, if you don't feel like you're a confident person that could walk on their own two feet, start doing that work today. Yeah. If that's what you want. Yeah. Start doing that work today. And over time, you will have a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. This Mm -hmm. is how you defeat imposter syndrome and the lack of confidence that comes with wanting to do something, but also not feeling ready. You're never going to be ready. Yeah. You start doing the work and then you get ready. Yeah. It's kind of backwards that way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh hey, and in, in addition to that writing writing stuff out, yeah. Gratitude is another way that I practice uh self-care. Yeah. Gratitude lists are hugely hugely beneficial. When I get at my worst and I throw these like um <laughs> oh man, someone in our group <laughs> said something funny today about PMS.
0: Yeah, poor me syndrome.
1: Poor me syndrome?
0: Oh, I, I we were dying when we heard that. When,
1: when I get PMS, uh-huh, I make gratitude lists because in the moment when I feel like the world is against me and it couldn't get any worse and there's nothing going right for me and I get really down, I go to, I go to some dark places in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of any of this anyway kind of stuff? Yeah. I'll make a gratitude list. Yeah, I'll what start. did
0: I say this morning? Because your negativity was you like- You said we
1: need to make gratitude lists. I
0: did, but I wanted to do it together because, I, I don't know, we were so negative about
1: and I, weather. And I probably still do. And stuff. It's first day of fall and it's 100 <laughs> degrees, man
0: i'm just if anyone wants to
1: buy a house in texas let me know
0: we need to make our gratitude list when we get off this podcast yeah you're probably right
1: but gratitude gratitude is usually beneficial and you can go back and as you're done writing it read it and say okay yeah it's not all bad there's some beautiful things in here that i have to be grateful for that i didn't deserve today or earn yet i have yeah and that's an amazing feeling that's grace yep that's grace
0: all right, another way to empower yourself is practice saying no. It sounds so simple, but a lot of us are somewhat people pleasers. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to say no. Um, we feel like we have to say yes to a lot of things and some of us become overwhelmed. Like I said, I'm an HSP. I don't like to have a lot of things on my schedule. I don't like to be booked all weekend. I don't like to have a lot of parties to go to or a lot of get togethers or things like that because it, it does overwhelm me. So I have learned to say no when I don't want to do things like Sundays are typically family days. And we'll take time where we're like, no, we're not going to do this certain thing that's on the calendar because we need to take time for each other or take time for ourselves. I have to have a lot of time for myself, too. That's another part of the HSP thing. Um, so I used to not say no. I used to be like, no, we got to do this. Let's do this. Let's do that. We got to do it because I wanted to appear a certain way. And all that did was drain me. So I got to a point where I don't care if if you are upset with me for saying no. That's a you problem. And that's not a me problem. Was that too blunt? See, this is how I speak in a direct way.
1: <laughs> no, you're right on money right there.
0: Okay. Okay. So I just think that. Practicing no, saying no is a huge, huge step. It sounds small, but it's huge to help empower yourself.
1: Big time. All right. So
0: you just looked something up. What are you doing?
1: Oh, I was just nothing. I'll okay. get to it in a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> when it comes to empowerment, though, like once again, it's a I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> when it comes to is <laughs> my chair. Oh, okay. I need to squirt some WD-40. No, it's
0: thing. I like it.
1: When it comes to empowering yourself, like I said, this is like a this is the one ingredient that. You've got to bring the table. Like we can validate, we can do all these things. But empowerment comes from educating you, building your self confidence, as we talked about a moment ago. What are some other ways you can do this? Just by doing what? Take action. Boom.
0: Yeah. Once you've built doing up, the work. Yeah. Once you've built up your confidence and you're ready to really like you practice setting boundaries, because some of us setting boundaries is scary and it's hard, and we are not ready to put them into action. Um, But once you start practicing that, that is going to be empowering for you. You know, if you feel like let's, here's another example. If you feel like you need to leave a toxic situation, but you're not sure how, because you know that it's, there's so much that goes along with that.
1: Right. It's not so simple.
0: Let's say finances aren't good. You don't have a way to have to get out. Um, You don't have a support system or anything like that. Start small, you know, save money little by little. Don't expect to make big moves immediately, give yourself grace, um, and just do something every day that pushes you in the direction that you want in your life.
1: That's perfect. It's those little bitty pieces to over li- time that build that empower you.
0: We had a wheelie who brought this up and I thought it was extremely powerful when she brought it up on the call. Yeah, she's incredible by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, to just it was a really good tip for others because we can't look at the big picture in these situations. It's not that easy to just say buy or even just sit still and not know what to do. Everything has to come in small pieces. Empowering yourself comes in small pieces.
1: Another way to ensure that your empowerment doesn't get sucked back out of you is by surrounding yourself with supportive people. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't mean, no, I'm not even going to go there. Everyone knows what this means when it comes to what we're discussing right now. Mm -hmm. Supportive people. Because it's not so easy to be in one of those relationships make it, and start to make decisions for yourself without other people having something to say about it. People that you love and admire and you care about, so it's the people closest to you. They're going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, build walls around yourself and say you're either with me or you're against me. Empower yourself that way. Yeah. Because there will be people who got all kinds of opinions about what you should be doing with your life based on their experiences, but remember, they're not you and they're not living your experience. Yep. If they haven't been there before, I would review that advice many, many times before I even thought about taking it. Mm-hmm. Cuz you don't know what it's like to be where I am. Right. So, supportive people and we give people that opportunity. There are tons of groups that do. Ours obviously, I'm partial to. Mm-hmm. But it's incredibly helpful because you will have to basically challenge the way that everyone else feels and thinks cuz you think cuz you know what's best for yourself, but they may not. So the more people you have in your circle that get what's going on, the better you'll be yep. as you make these little moves. People will be fist bumping you, high fiving you, and you'll get some others that don't get it and don't listen. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to them nearly as much. They don't get it. Yeah. So hopefully that helps people with empowerment, but remember it's a process. You will have days you take two steps forward and the next day, three back.
0: Yep. It's part of it. It's the way it works. Yeah.
1: Finish this out here.
0: (laughs) I was just going to say that like in these situations, we want to help our partners. We want to change them, you know, but the reality is we can change. We have to change our mindset. We have to change our reactions. We've to change our lives. Um, And it can sound daunting and it can sound scary, but nothing changes if nothing changes. And we have to take responsibility for that. It doesn't mean, you know, that it, it's our fault or whatnot. You know, it doesn't mean any of that. It just means that we have to take care of ourselves and whatever it takes to take care of ourselves and to protect our peace, that's what we have
1: to do. Word. Smart. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. I think that closes it out for this week. Hopefully you've gained a bit of an understanding about Paige's life through this and her perspective. And I think it's incredibly valuable for anyone that comes into contact with her because she has worked through this stuff before. Yes. And I think that sometimes people just get the wrong impression of you. And I'm glad that you've cleared some of that up.
0: Yeah. And it's okay. It'll still happen. Thank you for letting me speak.
1: <laughs> I've been trying to get you to do this for <laughs> a year. God, yeah, you'd be kidding me. I
0: know, I'm just kidding. It's all me. It's all me. I know that that's me. It's not you at all. Um, I just have to build it up to do it. Okay. Yeah. We got to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're about to have this dog go crazy. Yeah. dog's about to, to go, go nuts. But awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Hope it was helpful. You guys know where to find us on social media. If not, it's at twofo underscore couple. You can get in touch with us anyway there. Until next time, I'm Matt. And I'm Paige. And we'll see you. Bye.